and welcome to Not a Couple of Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we're talking about season four, episode 18, Something Borrowed, Someone's Due. The thrilling conclusion of last week's hangover. Hangover? <laughs> oh man, I got a little Karen Walker in this episode. The thrilling conclusion of last week's cliffhanger. Yeah, it's not that thrilling. Nope. It actually kind of feels a bit like a hangover. Yeah. I think after last week, we were expecting something really great, and instead we got what we usually get with Will and Grace, which is a disappointing resolution to a plotline that had a lot of promise. Yes. Except this disappointing resolution was like 22 minutes long. This disappointing resolution was 22 minutes long and recycled some jokes, which I thought was kind of lazy. Right. It was probably actually longer than 22 minutes, because really it was like on its way down already at the end of the last episode. Yeah. So when we last left our heroes, uh, Will and Grace were moving into a new, bigger apartment and instead of being fine with what they have or getting two separate apartments. Yep, and they've conned Rob and Alan to taking over their lease with an illegal, highly, like, they've jacked the rent mm-hmm. sublet situation. Yep. Meanwhile, Jack is making a movie about Karen and finds her mother on accident, and then Karen gets really mad because apparently she cut her mother out of her life, mm-hmm. and we all gasped, and... That's where we start the episode. Oh, and Rob and Ellen are pregnant, and inexplicably Rob had oh, to yeah. go to the bathroom with Ellen that time. Yeah, that was weird. And it was weird. Straights, they're always breeding and stuff. I don't understand. Anyways, let's read the episode description for this episode. Yeah! So, something borrowed someone's due. In the conclusion of a two-part episode, after Will and Grace move into their expansive new dream apartment, they discover awful pangs of separation anxiety. Jack tries to reconcile Karen with her estranged mom, guest star Suzanne Plushett. Who wants to recruit her daughter for her next caper? Caper is not the word I would have used. What's well, like a con artisty term? Like, ooh, we're gonna do one last caper. Cause tonight will be our last sex heist. Right, exactly. <laughs> I actually, for for a few moments, I think the gag of Will and Grace's giant apartment does work. Yes, it works a couple of times for like a funny. Like, visual gag. Right. Like, we bring back Bill and Phil, or whatever their names are. Who cares? They they're, all rhyme with Will, and they're gay. They're matching boyfriends. And mm-hmm. it's funny, because, like, Will and Grace are, like, running back and forth, and, like, the boyfriends are in the other room, and they keep here thinking the other one's calling for them and running back out. Oh, my God. And, and it, like, it's funny. It's funny. And then we get, like, a couple of things where, like, Will is upstairs, and Grace is downstairs, and she's like, Will, come down here. And he's like, no, you come up here. And it's funny, but, Yeah. There's only so much you can get out of that. Right. And I don't think it really, like, it has to take up a lot of the episode because it's probably about half of their plot line. Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of, the the episode spends a lot of time on this sight gag. Right. Which is funny, but not that funny. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I guess I relate to that a little bit because when you move into a new place, like, you do have to readjust the new layout. And I oh, know. For sure. It felt really realistic to me. Yeah, like, when we first moved into our new place, there was definitely a lot of time when one of us would start talking to the other. And, like, a distance that in our old apartment, we totally could have heard mm-hmm. each other. But, like, in this new apartment with the new layout, it did not, like, the sound right. waves didn't carry. Well, and I think the walls are different here, too. There's definitely one or two thick walls where you can't hear through in this apartment. I think one of them might be my bedroom. Yeah. Well, it's, is- I think it's where all the stairs are. Yeah. So... Like, if you were in the wrong part of the apartment, you literally can't hear what someone else is saying. Yeah, you can literally just be like, it's kind of like uh, the Charlie Brown, like, adults. Like, it's like... Right, right, exactly. Or like Kenny from South Park. <laughs> like, it doesn't really... You, you can hear that someone is making a noise, but you cannot hear what the noise is. The point is that this is, like, an obvious part of, like, a new apartment and uh-huh. a bigger apartment. And, like, maybe Will and Grace need to be a little bit less codependent in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly they have made this problem of their own making, and they need to push through... 
But instead of doing that, we're just going to apply some sitcom logic and they decide they're going to try and con Robin Allen out of their old apartment. Right. So we're not going to deal with the fact that you thought that you needed to move because reasons and then you decided to unmove for different reasons uh-huh. that don't solve your other problem. Uh-huh. Basically, like, Will and Grace are giving up the ability to have emotional intimacy to live in the same apartment again. Which mood. I've been there. Right. Which, <laughs> you know, is is on brand for the show, but... <laughs> The show for life. It's on brand. It's fine. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I think once the show requires Robin Ellen as more than, like, a means to an end, like, once it mm. brings them back into the plot, it becomes, like, your normal, ugh, Robin Ellen episode. Yeah. So, like, Will and Grace come up with this cock and bull story about how they were, like, attacked or whatever, trying to scare Robin Ellen out of their neighborhood, basically. Uh-huh. It doesn't work. Not at all. But then Ellen goes into labor because I guess that's what pregnant bitches be doing. <laughs> <laughs> That is what pregnant bitches be doing. And so, like, the whole time, like, Will and Grace are, like, in the hospital, like, trying to figure out how to get them out of the apartment. And then, naturally, they, it's just resolved because Rob and Ellen are boring and... Right. And so, Rob and Ellen, like, just, they want to move back to Jersey, so they're happy to make the switch back Uh somehow. Yes. But then, Rob is all like, "Um, but Will, you tried to gouge me on the rent. I'm your accountant. I knew that was happening, so... Now you have to pay for my child's tuition. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'm not 100% clear on the timeline of this episode, but it can't have been more than a month. <laughs> so if anything, they probably owe Robin Ellen like a thousand bucks-ish. Yeah, like tops. Like, that's not, that does not pay for an education. That but barely pays for textbooks. Will is apparently stupid enough that he tried to cheat his accountant. Yeah, that's so he dumb. might he might be convincible in that regard. You know, like Rob is just pushing to see how far it can go. You know, that's fair. If Will is so dumb that he tried to convince his accountant who does his numbers that his rank was that damn high, like maybe he deserves this. Maybe maybe he mm-hmm. deserves it. Maybe he does. But yeah, so then ta-da, neat tidy bow, like they are getting their apartment back. Uh-huh. Um, which brings me to another point that I want to make, which is that this is the third time we've watched Grace break a lease mm-hmm. with no repercussions on the show, and it's the first time we've watched Will do it, but like Will must be a great real estate lawyer. He must be, dude. Like, I just, I don't know a lot about real estate in New York City, but I kind of have a feeling that you can't just quit your lease after a month. Right. Well, even if you do, there's so many extra fees in New York that, like... Well, yeah, because don't you have to pay, like, you have to pay, like, a broker fee, and it's usually first month, last month, and deposit? Yeah. So, like, like, that's part of the reason that they, first of all, they always have realtors on sitcoms because, like... Extra character, funny. Right. But also, like, legally, like, you have to pay that anyways, so you may as well have a real estate agent. Right. Like, I don't, like, super understand New York real estate, but my impression is that you can't just, like, Craigslist it like you can in you other You can, cities? but you still have to pay the broker's fee. Ugh, even if sucks. you don't have a broker. What? Why? That does... I, it's illegal how does, otherwise. How does that work? I don't know. Do you have to, like, call up a random broker being like, do you have the cheapest broker fee? Will you broker this apartment for me? I don't know how that works. I think if you're selling the apartment, you have to technically have a broker. Huh. I think. Hey, do we have any New Yorkers to listen to this podcast who can explain real estate to us? That'd be great. That'd be great. Not that we're ever thinking of moving to New York, but just in the off chance. like. Yeah, it's just like an extra expense that you have to add in whenever you move. Hmm. Yeah, but like, so there's like, there's literally no, there's no repercussions. Mm-hmm. Just sitcom logic it away. It's fine. We're all happy back at start. Yeah, Ugh. which is fine because we liked being back at start. We didn't agree with Will and Grace's decision to do this anyways, but. But yeah, it's just, it feels weird. It just kind of feels like. They spent two episodes on... A one-episode plot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would much rather had Jack and Karen running around the background of this plot line than for them to have their own plot line. Yeah. I agree. That felt weird. It did feel weird. Speaking of their plot line, which (laughs) is not great, 
First of all, it doesn't really involve Jack this week that much. Yeah, Jack is just kind of there to weirdly guilt trip Karen and then disappear and then reappear. Right. But, um, so we're dealing with Karen and her mom, and we finally find out some more details about their relationship. Yes. Um, we find out that Karen's mom is a former con artist. Former. Present. Well, present con artist who used to be a part of Karen's life and now no longer is. Yes. So now she's out of the game. Um, and I think in the right context or the right delivery, this could have actually been made a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember both the first time I watched this and this time, like, it feels so promising, the idea that, like, Karen grew up with a con artist and, like, grew up, like, running these cons, and that probably makes a lot of sense about, like, why she's so emotionally damaged. Right, well, and how she ended up with Stan in the first place. Right. You know, like... Yeah, like, I felt like there was a lot of material that they could have mined there, and instead they just kind of... Yeah. Didn't. Well, and I, I think part of the problem is that they kind of wrote themselves into a corner because you have to have a reason why Karen doesn't want to be part of her mom's life anymore. Yeah. And, like, the reasoning of, like, she used me as a prop in her cons is pretty flimsy. Right. And then, like, they try to, like, to, like, reinforce it by saying, like, she conned someone that Karen was dating, and then they make a lot of weird jokes about the ambiguous gender of this person. Right. Which, on the one hand, props to them for reinforcing that Karen is probably bisexual. Right. But on the other hand, like, in 2018, that joke kind of feels a little bit weird, because they just mm-hmm. kind of kept switching binary pronouns, and, like, I feel like the whole joke could have been just as funny if they'd used they and, like, described, like, various articles of clothing they, clothing they were wearing or something. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't... I don't think it worked because... Uh, none of it was enough that I could see Karen and her mother not being friendly. I could yeah. certainly see, like, you could make something out of um, her mother faked her own death, which right. is more broadly comedic. Or I could even see, like, um, have, you ever, have you ever seen the movie Heartbreakers? No. So, like, the idea is, like, it's a mother-daughter duo, and mm-hmm. they consistently, like, seduce men for their money. Right. And, but then, like, one of the situations, like, the daughter actually falls for the guy, and it's, like, a whole right. thing. Right. Like, if and so, like, they if, were tricking Stan, and Karen yeah. fell in love with him for real. Right. Exactly. Like, right. I could have totally seen that if, like, Karen fell in love with Stan for real, and then, like, yeah. the mom, like, tried to, like, get her to, like, take this money and run, and she wouldn't, and then they don't speak. Like, there was just so many ways they could have taken this plot, and then they just, they took, like, a really boring route. Right. And that was disappointing, because there's nowhere for that episode to go then. I mean, basically, right. you just have Karen's mom guilt her into doing one last con. Which, like, while I'm all in favor of one last sex heist. Right. Like, it, it happens totally off screen, though. Yeah, that's the other thing. is So, like, we have this whole setup, and the setup's really funny. Like, it's essentially, like, the mom is seducing an old man mm. in a hospital, and she's trying to pull out the big guns with, like, her daughter, who's mentally disabled. And, right, like, right, is right. It, and so she, like, puts Karen in this ridiculous outfit. And so, like, it could be super funny. But then we don't see it actually happen. Like, the mom walks off screen for a few minutes and then returns being, like... Right. It's over. The daughter's here. Right. He won't sign his will uh-huh. stuff over to me. Right. And, like, okay, maybe I'm dumb. But this is something I don't understand about Connors in television. If you do that more than once, like, first of all, isn't someone going to catch on? And second of all, how do you have to keep doing it? Like, what are you spending that money on? Well, I mean, for one thing, you can't, like, hold down a real job, so you can't have a bank account, really. I guess, but I just mean, like, you'd think that you would... See, you don't know, you don't know this because you didn't watch Lost, but, like, Lost sets it up really well. Like, one of the characters is, like, a long time... Well, okay, several of the characters are con <laughs> artists, but the, one of the original characters is, like, a main con artist. And, like, you have to keep moving from town to town. You can't really have, like, a place of... You know, you, like, can't have a home base because you would get caught all the time. Right, well, okay, but this is what I'm saying. So, like, why wouldn't you just put, like, one big con, move one time, and be done? Well, that's the thing, is that 
if you want to pull cons and not get caught, you can't actually pull big cons. Well, then why wouldn't you just do it one time? That's what I'm saying. If you do it one time and you do a big con, the police get called. And you know what I mean? Like, But then you could Anna Nicole Smith it. She got away with murder-ish. We don't know if it was murder, but she definitely got away with something. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yes, you can do one con one time, and a lot of people do. The average con artist doesn't because that's their that's how they make their living. Okay, I think I'm going to run, like, a reform school for con artists to talk to them about how they can do their job better. Okay, like, let me give you, like, a sample con artist setup. I tasted vodka one time. I thought it tasted good by itself. <laughs> okay, like, clearly what Karen's mom is running is a long con. And, like, a sample long con is, like, so from the example of Lost, like, you start sleeping with someone who's married, you're having uh-huh. an affair, and then, like, you're a mysterious businessman, and mm. then you are like leaving after sex one time and you grab your briefcase and it opens up and there's all this money in it. And it's like, oh no, there's all this money in the briefcase. What do you do? And then you convince the woman you're sleeping with to be part of the con with you. But it turns out you're actually conning her and her husband. And then you end up taking away a bunch of their money instead. Because all of your money is fake. Okay, but like, why wouldn't you just marry an old man, wait for him to die and get all his money? Well, because most con artists are men. That's fair, but now gay marriage. Yeah, well, I mean... Con artistry is now an all-gender opportunity. You are you are correct, but, like, historically, <laughs> that's been a problem for the, so the marry, male con artist. So marry an old lady with a lot of money. And marry that lady from the Aristocats. She was going to give all her money to fucking cats. Yeah, it is dumb. Clearly she needed some hot dickings. Yes, she did. <laughs> all I'm saying is, like, I think con artistry is just, like, it's a very... It's not, it's not smart. It's not a good way to make money. Like, invest that shit. Invest it. <laughs> I don't know. Connors, it doesn't work. Well, see, the problem is that Connors don't start with the money. They need some capital. Yeah, they need capital. <laughs> That's like one or two words that I remember from economics class. Oh, my God. Let's not talk about economics. <laughs> Listeners, if you want to give Tess some better examples of con artistry that will finally help her understand how this is not the most lucrative career... <laughs> Send them to us oh my on God. social media. I'm sorry. I'm just watching Matthew have like a nom flashback because I said the word economics. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, um, there's a couple of like funny jokes in this plot line. Like Karen is inexplicably a notary for right. some reason at one point, And there's like a contract that she notarizes and it's weird. Mm-hmm. And like then it's also very unclear at like what age she left home because in some ways it sort of seems like she was a teenager. Right. And in other ways, it seems like she was an adult because, like, she became a notary for a con. So, like, mm-hmm. you'd think you'd have to be over 18 for that. Right. I don't know. I I think that is a fascinating idea that we're clearly never going to see developed. And that disappoints me. Yeah. And then, of course, there's Jack this episode who has genuinely nothing to do. Right. Like, he exists literally to take Karen to the bar and force her to interact with her mom mm-hmm. again. After being like, well, I never got to meet my biological father, so you need to bury the hatchet with your mom. Toodles! And then it's just, like, gone for the rest and of the episode. And he's clearly wrong about this. But yeah, whatever. like, he's clearly guilting her into this for his own for his own personal, like, stuff. Right. And, like, then that's not addressed. They could have made jokes about that. It's just, I don't know, man. Jack, we needed you this episode, buddy. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else to say about this, this yeah, week. Yeah, sorry this is such a letdown. Like, we were so pumped and excited, and now it's just like, eh, real estate. Eh, Karen getting almost a plot, but not really. Yeah. Oh, well. Wah, Life goes wah, on. There's another episode wah. next week. Yes. Yes, there will be. Um. Yeah. Well, Matthew, do you want to tell people where they can find us on social media? Sure, absolutely. If you want to talk to us on social media, the best way to do so is to find us on Twitter at not a couple show. You can also send us an email at not a couple podcast at gmail.com. We're also floating around on different platforms like Facebook, 
Twitter, Medium, Tumblr, and uh, our podcast is hosted on uh, Podbean and iTunes. Podbean and iTunes. All right, cool. Well, thanks so much for tuning in this week, and we'll see you next week with more Will and Grace goodness. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not A Couple. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This week's episode of Not A Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Meow. Hi, Eliza. This week's episode was brought to you by Sitcom Realty. Want to try out a lease, but just for a couple of days? Try Sitcom Realty. There are no rules here.